0: stepping up to the zoom chat corner in the beige and flower fabric corner recently vacuumed floor we have weighing in at 477 pounds the wonderful the magnificent she's got two names instead of one she's never seen mulan 2 it's mk commons hello that was
1: perfect that was perfect I love that. Everything about that was 100% accurate.
0: I feel like we got the That's most-
1: my Tinder profile. <laughs> you basically just recited my entire Tinder profile. Thank you. <laughs> Save me the trouble.
0: Oh no, you caught me out. I've
1: been
0: <laughs> the only problem with that intro is that I left out that you're an artist and a painter and <laughs> that you're here to talk you know
1: about what? Today. <laughs> That is everyone else's problem. That's not your problem. That's not my problem.
0: So I know you mostly from your abstracted portraits, the digital traditional mix like you have, Mm -hmm. like you just were in a show in Super Chief in LA, which is an amazing gallery recently, but you also do, um, I've seen animation and character design and all sorts of stuff. So how would you describe, um, your like art in total, like what what it is that you do?
1: Um, so I sort of, I'm kind of in a, it's interesting you bring that up because I was just talking to my friend today about this, that I feel like I am in this sort of like transition of what I'm focusing on in my work right now. Um, so I went to school, I went to Parsons, uh, I went to school for illustration and my dream job was that I wanted to be a character designer and a concept artist for Pixar or Dreamworks. Like I wanted to work in children's animation and kids books and all that kind of stuff um and then i kind of and then i my life fell apart and i uh went to rehab and i've been sober for the past five and a half years but like along that i sort of lost my way and then after coming to like picking up the pieces of my life and starting to make work again um i just started painting again because i i needed to do something creative and like there weren't any you know fine art is sort of your own thing, you know. Like there, there aren't as many like rules. It's not a um, client-based. There's shows and there's guidelines and stuff. But for the most part, you have a lot more freedom. So it felt good to just give myself a lot of freedom and a lot more permission to do that. So like for a while, I've been calling myself a fine artist, just like a painter. Um, but lately, I've been taking on more and more, especially like in in this economy. Um, I've been taking on more and more <laughs> um, illustration work again and doing a lot more character design and. Uh, Like, I think I kind of built my name up enough that people trust me to do that. So, like, my fine art is taking a slight pause right now. um, And I'm doing a lot of character design. I'm working on a a documentary project right now where I'm doing some illustration stuff. Um, I have a kid's book in the works. Uh, I'm developing a pitch right now for a TV show. And all of this is stuff that, like, I had, had honestly completely abandoned. Like, I started getting a lot of nice recognition for my painting and thought, this is good. This is validating. It's making me a little bit of money. It's all the stuff I want. And then like sort of fell into this again. Cause I have a a client that trusts me and asked me to do some. And I was like, Oh, right. This is what I really love. Like this really (laughs) feeds me in a way that like that, um, just making work just for me, like, wasn't really cutting it anymore. So I would say like, I'm just an artist, you know, whatever that means. Like that like portraiture and character character work is even though they, they go to different places, they're kind of the same because, um, making, you know, a character out of a thing, a person that already exists. I'm like showing a human in some sort of new way. So it's, it's sort of like just one spectrum. The fine art is, is, you know, stylistically more representational all the way down to the sort of mass consumption character design that's going into a bigger project. That was a really long answer, but I couldn't think of a shorter way to answer that question.
0: No, it was great. I, whenever someone asks me any question, I always go into life story. So I would have gone I can't, the yeah. <laughs>
1: that okay. was pretty succinct I feel like you, I feel like
0: you have to because it is so important with the experience you've been through that's led you to what you're doing now with it
1: yeah,
0: yeah um, yeah I
1: also just I like knowing about people I'm a nosy bitch and I want to know the whole I want to know the full I want to know the tea I want to know all of it so like if someone tells me like oh i'm a I'm a painter, I used to be this, and now I'm this I'm like, uh-huh, why <laughs> like tell me more I want to know all of it
0: hurt you what happened to you? <laughs>
1: Yeah. Yeah. Don't you want to overshare your life with me? Like, I'm here, I'm listening. Go ahead. Well, because
0: well, there is, that is always a story as well. And obviously people can yeah. choose not to want to, want to, um, say it, but there's always going to be a reason why we do the things that we do and how we end yeah. up. Society. It's never just like, Oh, this just happened. And I had mm-hmm. no input whatsoever. That's really yeah. interesting. I didn't know that you, um, had started off like that. Um, do you feel, because to me, I'm always thinking about like this idea of fine art and if you want to be in certain galleries compared to, say, illustration, which I'm often drawn towards. And in yeah. my mind, I feel like I have to maintain a certain, a certain way of presenting myself in a certain like style so yeah. that I can stay in that fine art world. Yeah. But are you, fi- are you finding that the two are able to coexist quite harmoniously for you?
1: I am I, like, okay, so two. like, yes, I think that they do coexist much, much more simply than where our fear tells us as artists that it will. And I think I just give a lot less of a shit than I used to like, <laughs> it, like whatever I lose as a result of being more true to myself and making the kind of work that makes me happy. It's not anything worth keeping. Like really that's how I feel about it. Um, you know and also if i if i if i think about people who really straddled that line beautifully like if you think about someone like you know norman rockwell was an illustrator but like we consider him a, a great artist now you know in his day was like highly regarded and also completely disregarded because it's not fine art it's illustration you know but he was a master like he was a master painter a master of light a master of, of form and expression and all these things that like today i don't think that 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 line matters so much if you have you have a point of view and you have talent, um, and you know, vision, like that's kind of all you really need. And then it's up, it's the world's problem to figure out where to put you really.
0: Yeah. That makes so much sense to me. And I, I feel like once, once you stop caring as much, it opens up. It, it's so freeing personally and in terms of work and, and where you go. And it's like the, the work ends up being way better because of it.
1: Yeah. Better. And also like, I do notice a correlation. There's things that are outside of our control when it comes to like how our work is received. And a lot of it is really outside of our control, like algorithmic bullshit. But like, you know, in general, the work that I make from a place of like, like sincerity for lack of a better term is almost always better received than the thing I'm doing because it's the thing that is expected of me or like, you know, because I, I, like a huge thing is like, I will get really enthusiastic about a project or an idea or a series, I'll make a couple of paintings and then I'll, I'll kind of evolve past it and I'll, I'll still feel like tethered to it, you know, I'll still feel like I, I, I owe it or my audience or whoever um, to see it through, even though like no one's really, no one really cares, I think. I was, I was literally
0: just thinking that it's like right before you said it. it's like nobody cares like these stories yes. that we create in our heads and obviously I'm still dealing with because I asked the question um and it's sure. like nobody cares as much as you care yourself that you're making yeah. your mind.
1: not just that but I think that like I think that like now more than ever like people audiences are they're fickle but they're also so adaptable they're so accustomed to like the thing that they used to like not being cool anymore or not being that thing anymore. Like there's, and they're just, people are, are taking on such a unprecedented amount of content all of the time that it's almost like you're, you're really, I think you're doing yourself a disservice by not just saying fuck it and like trying new things and making what you want. Uh, you know, like for your own sake and for sort of like, you know, culture at large, like you're not really benefiting your, The people who do like you and the people who do support you by, by, um, placating them and just, you know, doing what you think is going to hit the same way. And like, the crazy thing is that we tell it, we like develop these belief systems and it's so hard to trace where they come from because I can think of a number of artists who I really respect and love who like, I don't really get that Single when I see their work anymore because it looks the same as when I got excited about it you know five or ten years ago um and I don't have any less respect for them I get where it comes from but like you know when I like see it if it pops up my feet or whatever the thing may be it's like okay I'm liking that sort of muscle memory because I know who you are and I want to support you but it doesn't like I'm not like oh wow look at what you're doing that's really you know and there and and there are people who like who do continually surprise me and um that's really what like what motivates me to want to keep pushing myself is like, and and one of the reasons why I've been finding such joy in, in um, taking on this different kind of work and doing more character design stuff is because it's like, I think that the people who like the way that I paint um, will probably always like it to, you know, to, to a degree. And what about all the people that like, don't care about fine art, you know, that don't follow it or that like, like kids, especially like what a, what a magical opportunity to be able to like, Make things that could affect children, and I think about like i was j ju- I just did an interview with this gallery that's in um, Mumbai, and they were like asking about my origins of of drawing and I was thinking about like when I was a you know toddler sitting in front of cartoons drawing them, I have a very vivid memory of like understanding that a person made this you know like i I saw that it wasn't magic, like I saw that it was like oh wow, like what was cool about it to me was that it wasn't magic, you know, like that, like I could sort of understand somebody, like an adult got the opportunity to make this thing and draw it and make it come to life and build this whole world. And that was more magical than the thought that it was just like real, um, like it was just real magic. And so I, I've been thinking a lot about that concept of like real magic and how art can be real magic. And especially for um, for kids, like what what a what a cool thing to get to be a part of that for somebody
0: yeah and now you're the wizard slash witch, whatever magical being you yeah. want to describe it, so that's <laughs> you now.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's pretty, pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. It's really cool. yeah,
0: yeah, I've thought yeah. often about how it's strange talking about how people stay like very strictly coherent with their work like throughout their career. It's like it seems to be this contradiction that exists where it's like as an artist, no matter what type of art you do, like a primary part of what people value in you is your creativity and your innovation, Yeah. then you yeah. feel this pressure to limit that by staying within some sort of coherent, understandable narrative. So yep. I think it's really cool to just um, say like, actually, do we need question, do we need to do that and to just make the work that you want to make? I think that's a really yeah. great thing to be doing.
1: I've never, I've, I've never watched a single like art documentary where an artist, did the same thing that they would always done for 40 years and felt creatively satisfied. You know, like there's always that arc in an art documentary where someone's yeah. like, "Yeah, well my you know, I was having all these struggles and I felt like my art was kind of like dead, but like people kept buying it." And, like it's it always it like I we I was just watching um um my partner and I watched the, this documentary on Chris Burden the other night and it was like it was a great documentary. You know, he's a sort of con, con Do you know do you know much about Chris Burden? No. Nah. Um, so he was like a, um, was a very polarizing figure in the art world. He was a, basically a performance artist in the seventies through the eighties. Uh, and then sort of like used his body as sculpture in a kind of way and did a lot of like violent stuff and, um, interesting stuff. He had a friend like shoot him in the arm for like a piece and captured the whole thing. And so it's just like really sort of like aggressive, provocative things in like a, you know, um, sort of dull time for art in the 70s and then um you know like dill out of of screwing around and like in the documentary he, he then he died in 2015 of cancer when he was like in his late 60s but um he went through an entire career arc of starting as this sort of like uh you know like evil knievel of the art world kind of person um and and being really aggressive and like his later work is like sculpture like like beautiful thoughtful sculpture and um he says this incredible thing about like he stopped doing performance art because like critics were basically saying that you know at a certain point you would like the the world is um expecting you to do this thing and then you like there's no way to stay for him to continue to be shocking and provocative when the world is expecting that of you and so he sort of listened to the critics and was like you know what you're right i'm not going to become a cliche, I'm going to do what I actually want to do. And I'm going to sort of transform what my work looks like. And in that way, by listening to critics, he was actually defying them at the same time. Like it it was this cool dichotomy of like, yes, I am taking your advice, but I'm also not going to become that. And so by not becoming that I'm rebelling against what is expected of me. Um, Yeah. It was really, it's a great documentary, uh, but it was also just like very poignant to what I've been feeling lately about like, Mm -hmm. who, who do I owe? anything to besides myself. (laughs) You know, I get to dictate what my career looks like. I get to dictate what my creative choices look like. And in my experience, people are much more willing to go along for the ride. You know, um, if you introduce them to something new, they might be a little bit resistant. But if you're, if you stay really, like, open to the whole process and um, true to yourself, then people usually want to come along with you. And then you get to pick up another audience which i think is really cool too
0: yeah definitely and what what are the i think you touched on it before but what are the threads that do tie it together for you is it is it people and kind of representing characters or
1: i think that's the main one definitely yeah because i can't i mean i've done some some still lifes and some more abstracted stuff but i kind of always end up making portraits no matter what um i just i think i have a I think I have a natural sort of strong grip on figure and form and anatomy and, and, you know, things like that. Um, So I'm drawn to that. And I also just, I just like expressing things. And like people are the most express, you know, I just, I really like narrative and storytelling. And and I think that like a portrait can do all of that in one thing, you know, like a person can do and say so much and then, you know, we're also always projecting our own shit onto people so the experience of viewing a portrait is it is a, is a, is a narrative is your own narrative while so it's it, it like you know has multiple tiers to it and then character design is um real, is exactly that you know you have to you have to think about who this person is how you express that in both a really sophisticated and incredibly simple way and um, one of the things i've said like a million times when when i've talked about illustration is that illustration Is the art of making something subtly obvious and that's really what character design is so like using subtleties within whether it's like this character is you know a secret bad guy so I'm gonna arch his eyebrows or whatever Um, like doing subtle little things that really obviously convey what you're supposed to what you're supposed to feel Mm -hmm. I also think that like (laughs) the thing I like about illustration and character design is that all the stuff that you're not supposed to do when you're viewing fine art, you're encouraged to do with character design. Um, you can be more obvious, but also like as a viewer, um, you know, you don't want to make big assumptions about someone's thought process or about like, you know, the person behind the portrait, you're supposed to take in all the nuance and subtleties and like with character design and illustration, especially when you're speaking to like a young audience, you want to immediately know what you're looking at. You know, you want to, you want to like make all of the assumptions and be right about it. So I like that it gives me like, you know, as someone who's a little bit of a control freak, it's like a a way to exercise that
0: artistically. Yeah, because I feel like that would be one of the big differences to me between illustration design and fine art is that fine art loves ambiguity they want yes. you to be confused and for it not to be clear. Yeah,
1: can't get enough of it. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking love it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. And I do too. You know, I'm not, I, I like secrets and, and, and like little, like, you know, I like, I like when I'm wondering about something and I, I like to project, like I said, project my own ideas onto stuff. There's no, that's very, that has its own value. Um, with illustration, you know, the, the the other main difference is sort of like why you're consuming it. So like if you're consuming illustration, you may not necessarily want to be, um, you know, it's hard to accidentally find yourself in an art gallery <laughs> and and to be consuming high, especially like high art and like sort of conceptual art. You have to sort of seek that out. So it's okay to be challenging in that way, because if someone's going to put themselves through the trouble of finding it and consuming it and having an experience with it, they want to be challenged illustration. It's like, you know, I don't necessarily like, I'm not going seeking for that. If I'm reading a periodical or an article or like watching TV, I mean, I, I as an artist and you know, most people know that that's a part of it, but like, you have to make something that's gonna, um, really like add to a thing that already exists or brings, brings new meaning to that instead of challenging somebody like the piece could be challenging. The illustration is there to sort of like either soften it or, or you know, bring new light to it or make it more accessible in some ways. So like there is a lot more creative compromise that goes into being an illustrator. Uh, and for most fine artists, I think that would be a fucking deal breaker. Like we don't wanna compromise our vision. And um, frankly, that's why I started painting again and you know, didn't immediately try to become an illustrator again. At this point in my life, I'm actually getting a lot out of that compromise. Like I'm finding a lot of uh, freedom in compromise, because it's not all up to me, you know, like, I don't have to have the final say all the time, I don't have to make decisions that are, you know, it doesn't all rest on me, which is really nice, too. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, And there is, there is, there is, like, value in compromising with yourself and other people. I think that, like, compromising you know to your detriment is one thing but but being willing to be open and fluid and like try things that you might not normally try or adapt yourself to a certain situation those are like incredible traits that are hard to come by you know they're hard to like find natural opportunities for that and like being being a commercial artist is all of that mm. so yeah i'm enjoying it i think it's i think it's a growing experience for
0: me yeah yeah, because I think, because I was thinking in terms when you said that you came to painting because after being in rehab, and I think it, it, that made me think about how, like, painting for a lot of people is almost an escape from the world. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. I know for me, it's definitely been a coping mechanism from things in the world that I couldn't handle myself mentally. Um, yeah. Whereas I feel like the type of work with illustration that you're describing is much more about being in the world and being with other people and really engaging with it more directly Um, that's a
1: really good point yeah i wonder how much of that too is like in this time of you know coronavirus like that it's so satisfying to be a part of a team like it's so satisfying to be um to have people who who are asking for what i'm doing you know like to collaborate It, it feels um you know, cathartic in a way that, that my own fine art practice, like, isn't hitting in the same way that it used to, because like, um, you know, a there's, there's, there's a, like, you know, I don't, I have this show, uh, with Arch Enemy Arts, um, that opens May 1st online. And then I don't have another show book to the fall. And I'm like, totally fine with that. But like, it's scary, you know, like, thank God I have this ability to do this other stuff because a lot of people don't have that ability. And, mm. um, like the, the thing that's so nice right now is is that connection is like I'm doing the thing I kind of always do but it's like for the like for greater good or for a cause that's beyond just my own like self satisfaction you know and for the few people who like what I do like it, it could reach people that I have nothing to do with that won't even know I was a part of it you know like that's like it's it's a it's like a humility involved in it that is um not a thing that like I get from fine art and it's it's a thing I didn't really know I was like craving. Um, there's like an anonymity to it that I didn't know that I wanted because I like attention and that's not something <laughs> I that was my painting.
0: Yeah, this is giving me a lot to think about personally, which I'm gonna put in a box and think about. <laughs> because right now we're on you, not on me, interviewer. Yeah.
1: <laughs> keep it in there, keep it in mind.
0: Like right, right now if people are watching this in the future right now we're going through quarantine um yeah. like about a month in and uh it's a challenging time for people to stay connected and for artists especially like you said you don't have many shows lined up in terms of yeah. um and i know we wanted to talk a bit about like artists supporting each other mm-hmm. and practical things that we can do at this time um yeah so i want to throw that open to you
1: yeah, I mean, I think um, I think that there's like levels to support and all of them are welcome right now. So like, it's it's really a matter of like, what can you give that isn't going to take from you? Because, you know, I also think that artists, we all need to just stay as sort of conscious of each other's needs as possible. Like as conscious of each other's needs as we are with our own needs. So like understanding that people, you know, going to do as much as they can and also that like there's a level to which you need to take care of your needs first also which you know i understand um so i think like of of course like anyone who can financially support an artist cool like if you've ever wanted to buy a painting from someone if you've ever wanted to commission a painting from someone or you know what like sculpture whatever now would be the time but i i think a big thing that I don't hear talked about that much, but I do know is a big part of my life and a lot of artists' lives, especially ones who are not art superstars, is that we work on payment plans a lot of the time. And I think like, it just doesn't hurt to ask, you know? um, Especially right now, probably more artists than you would think, you know, and don't be intimidated by Instagram follower count. Cause it just like, doesn't really mean anything. <laughs> like I know plenty of people with 50,000 followers who like struggle to make their bills. Um, so that doesn't always translate. And if you really like something and you think, you know, what can I afford? Could I afford a hundred bucks a month? Could I afford, you know, a down payment of $500? Like whatever, like you, you just never know until you ask someone what their rates are, if they have payment plans and you know what that would entail and a lot of artists would probably be um you know no one should be giving themselves a discount or giving their shit away right now because we need it but like would probably be flexible to at least talk about that um i've definitely been more flexible talking about that stuff to people um and then like prints you know a lot of artists make prints of their work a lot of artists do like smaller versions of stuff or whatever um and then like the simplest thing too which sort of ties into what we were just talking about, and not every fine artist is going to be willing to do this, but like what do we what do we have a need for that requires an artistic eye um, that we maybe can't accomplish ourselves, but like, are you starting a podcast in quarantine? Do you need someone to do like a nice graphic for your you know Apple podcast, Spotify logo, like that kind of stuff, right? It's like, okay, maybe maybe this isn't my strong suit. I could probably afford a hundred dollars and have someone spend an hour of their time doing it. You know, like just stuff like that. Like, there's so many opportunities for people to um, extend their creativity right now. And again, like personally, I I I have those skill sets, so I'm more willing to apply them to stuff like with illustration and design. Um, but even even just like, hey, like my my whoever my partner's birthday is coming up, and I like
0: just started getting
1: unemployment and I have an extra $100 or $200 that I could spend to make something really cool for them. I want them to do a little caricature or comic. Like there's so, just look in your everyday life and think about how much of what we're doing right now. And this is not an original thought. I've seen a lot of people talk about it, but like art is in everything that we're doing to pass our time. You know, whether it's like looking through Instagram artists, watching a lot more TV, reading, like, youtube dance tutorials there's like an artistic mind behind most of that you know like like everything um porn video games there's like art involved in all of this stuff and so like okay am i consuming this am i getting it for free who could benefit from it the most and like how can i contribute a little bit um and then you know beyond financially if you just can't which is totally real like to like sharing a post from an artist you like and giving them credit does a lot more than people would think really like there have been times where people have reshared something i've done and it's gotten in front of the eyes of a curator who doesn't follow me who's contacted me or someone who like like i don't remember exactly how but the one of the companies that i'm working for right now and doing some of this um you know illustration stuff for they're this incredible production company out of brooklyn they're called hey beautiful jerk and they do a lot of like really awesome, you would love them, actually, specifically you, because they've done, like, a lot of the RuPaul's Drag Race, um, like, promo stuff, like, yeah, they're, they're really cool people, um, but they found me through Instagram, and I have no idea how, like, someone shared my work, who the hell knows who it was, it doesn't, like, could have been someone with a lot of followers, or someone who's a personal friend, and, like, they found me through that, and they've been an awesome, creative, like, collaborative partnership, so, yeah, as much as you can like throw out your ideas about what your feed is supposed to look like or you know, like whatever kind of like branding thoughts you have about your, your social media presence right now, like to be as supportive as you can. It really does make a difference and it's much appreciated by the artists, like really and truly.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I feel I feel like well that is all really useful stuff, I think, in general because yeah it's never easy to like make a living and survive as an artist. And I feel like for people that don't, that don't work in a creative job themselves, and you touched on this, it can look like you're being, you're really, really successful because you have a lot of followers because you're doing certain shows because you're doing big projects with big companies, right? But that doesn't mean that you're even anywhere close to comfortable. Like I know some of the most famous muralists in the world, um, live off $10,000 a year yeah and like that that was it's unthinkable when you actually put a number to it it's unthinkable oh yeah it. like in
1: 2000 this is like 100 true in 2018 i made ten thousand dollars about ten thousand dollars in like taxable like seriously i mean and it was a pretty big year for me like i i showed in london that year i got the opportunity to like like beautiful bazaar shared some of my work and i started to get more and more recognition and like um more and more people reaching out to me and i was traveling a lot which was really cool but like all of that doesn't equal like at, at any kind of stability. I was still yeah. graphic designing. I was still, my day job was still like, I was straight up like, I mean, this is the joke I always make, but it's true. I was like Photoshopping pizza menus together to pay my rent and like afford a studio space. So it, you know, there's no, because you know who someone is does not mean that they are comfortable at all. And they're probably struggling more than you know. Yeah, um, Really, that, that shit is so real, um, you know, like, I don't even know what the metric is like what like the idea of um visibility equaling success has never been less true than it is right now and you know visibility is great and it's important and it's it's uh helpful but there are artists that i like love who have like a couple thousand followers and they're and they are good like they're they're fine you know like they don't and the reason why is because they're not stressing out about things like that like they've had a career for a long time it's existed before this or you know they just know the right people and they're sort of doing their thing offline and you know like are perfectly yeah. comfortable so that can be really deceiving for people
0: <laughs> yeah it's such a trick. and um oh,
1: awesome by the way look at look at me down there yeah look at you go <laughs> <laughs> i just forgot i completely forgot that you were painting a picture of me and i was like who's that <laughs> on screen?
0: me too actually i've been kind of doing this and i'm like not even really paying attention to all- <laughs> i'm just listening to you talking <laughs> oh,
1: i'm
0: like oh shit okay this happened
1: <laughs> right i'm doing something
0: i know you've also been doing um in terms of like that's people supporting artists especially mm-hmm. economically but then you've been doing um like a lot of group virtual drink and draws with artists yeah. kind of also creating that community and wanting us to kind of be there for each other and not not retreat into yourself like which is applicable for everyone but yeah um, yeah so do you want to talk a bit about that
1: yeah I mean artists are, are definitely naturally um, I don't want to say we're introverts because I don't really consider myself an introvert but I do think we isolate you know I think some 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 artists do um, and this is our, our language is to like express ourselves and put ourselves on like that right yeah some of us are <laughs> um, and, and like to a degree I am. I think I, I really am one of those flip-floppers. I'm averse. <laughs> uh,
0: to... Best way to be.
1: Like in every way. But no, specifically with that, because it's it's like I I get really energized by people and then I it, it, there's, there's no happy medium. So I'm either like really, really jazzed up or I reach my limit and then I'm like, fuck off, you know, and I'm like completely Thanks. drained and exhausted and I don't want to. Yeah. I mean, that's just, that's, that's a lot of like addicts I know are like that. A lot of creative people are like that where, you know, it's like, it's an all or nothing game. Um, and so I think that like my, my, my thought process with that is like, I haven't done one for a couple of weeks cause I've just, I've been busy, honestly, like I've, I've had stuff going on in my own life. And so I've been trying to give myself permission to do it when it feels right and not like a burden. And when mm-hmm. I can actually be helpful to people, like we're talking about support, right? Like, and, if this is a resource I can offer and I'm draining myself in order to do it, then I'm not really helping, you know, like then I'm sort of self-sacrificing, which is not the same thing as supporting. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'd like to do one this week because I think my schedule is going to open up a little bit. But anywho. um, Yeah. Like the idea just, we were talking about it. That's how the idea came about. Like I was, chatting with you and um it's like hey you know what this is probably a thing we could all use a little bit more of um and there's no real like they've been they've been like like a little formal and i think when i when i start them back up i want to be a little more loose with them like i was doing i was setting up these still lifes um my roommate i live right above an antique shop and so there's all these really cool tchotchkes and antiques and stuff throughout our house and then in the store downstairs and she was like well you can use the stuff you know if you want to like have cool shit to draw so I was setting up all these little still lifes and doing um like rapid draw sessions and then some five minute drawings and like a long pose. Cause that's just like my art school, you know, mentality is is to be a traditionalist. But like I I found some um I had a couple of thoughts about it, but I found some resources online that are just like figure drawings, like nude figure drawing uh, reference photos that are rapid fire, so you can like set a timer for them. And I think that would free me up a little bit because part of the issue has been that like, I'm setting up these things and I'm kind of moderating and I'm, or mediate, whatever, and I'm not able to like be present. So yeah. anyway, that's a little tangent, but the the real thing that I I get out of it and the real thing I get out of like talking to people like you or doing these things is just like a sort of, makes me feel human um and it also makes me it is forced outside my head time which is really valuable Mm. as much as artists like to to isolate and introvert and all that um we have to pull inspiration from our experience from our life experience we have to be fueled up at some point even if you don't get energy from people you still need experience to like recharge something whatever that thing is so i think that even just by like hosting a, a you know a drawing hangout or having a conversation with someone like you're gonna your energy and your focus will shift after that has happened for better or worse but it's an experience like it's just something else to break up your day to you know to pull from creatively
0: definitely yeah i think a lot about um how for writers a large part of their job is to go out and find something to write about right, right? yeah and i i think that applies to all creatives I think about that for myself as well even though someone might look at the work that I do it's like oh you're just doing a portrait of someone you don't like need for me like I'm always drawing upon what I've experienced and how that's affecting my mind so yeah. I feel like it is part of my job to live life yeah to, like hole away and do this
1: thing really <laughs> yeah and like in an ideal world people are experiencing your work in real um spaces too like obviously right now it's all online and you know it's all digital and stuff. But like ideally you you create something, you're paying it forward by making a piece of art. You know, like you're you're getting an experience, you're making something from it. It's going in a space, whether it's a mural in a public space or a gallery or someone's home or whatever. Like the the end process, like the final step is is someone else viewing it and having an experience with it in a physical, you know, capacity, in a physical space. And like that can start the chain reaction for that person to then go and create or feel differently or have, you know, have a meaningful conversation with someone about it or whatever. So I think that like, if you're holed up all day, only consuming, you know, digital content for, for, you know, like hours or days or weeks or whatever on end, like it does dull the work that you're making to a degree because it's, it's like, it's like a non-alcoholic wine or something versus wine. Like, oh, it's got the flavor. It's, you can cook with it maybe in this or whatever, like, but you're not going to get the experience from it, which, you know, depending on what you're after, if you're a sober person like me, that's a good thing. But the point still remains the same that like you, you need to pull from an authentic like place, I think.
0: Yeah, definitely. I know, uh, how, much, how much time do you have? Did you want to talk about, Productivity stuff still? Or?
1: Yeah, I mean, I probably got another like 15 minutes before I gotta get back to whatever the hell I was doing. <laughs> I need to run to the grocery store, but yeah, besides that, I've got time.
0: They literally ran. Tom like, Cree, literally, run. Like, literally,
1: <laughs> <laughs> Like, tell everybody to fuck off. I it's really. My
0: house, years. they have a little balcony so you can see out onto the street. And I do mm-hmm. see that often. And I don't know if this is the case, but I'm really imagining, like, so. I see people with their shopping bags running and I'm like, I'm imagining like, are they really in that state of mind where they're like, this is like a war zone that I have to run to the supermarket and like grab right. it as fast as possible.
1: Huh? I don't know what you think. If anything, that's probably worse. Like I understand that you're, <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: look, I'm not a scientist. <laughs> I'm not a doctor. This is pure bullshit theory. But I'm thinking like, if you're, I like, like, I get that you want to go back into your house, but like the actual air outside, if you're not next to a person, isn't the danger zone. And I feel like yeah. exerting yourself um, and like, I don't know, That just that to me, that seems like a total panic move, like that there can't be any real benefit to running. Also, it's like dangerous. You're running with groceries.
0: And I it, it actually spreads if you are spreading it spreads it further because i love love jogging so i've been jogging a lot and so i looked that up the other day because i was like
1: yeah
0: like wearing a mask and jogging is weird but then anyway it's a whole thing but it just it might not even be what they're doing like some i've run back from the grocery store not out of panic before but for my own reasons (laughs)
1: um, like really have to take a dump or something yeah right yeah it's who knows you never know
0: or they just want attention. Um, like, that's,
1: that's true. Maybe they've all it's actually the same person and they've witnessed you on your balcony at roughly the same time every day.
0: <laughs> Maybe And I they're like, "I'm going to show, show for
1: him." <laughs> <laughs> that, that's that's the narrative in my head. Well, it like worked.
0: It. I've been thinking about them a lot. Exactly. <laughs> that's
1: gonna be I read this really obnoxious article about, like, a couple finding love in the time of quarantine in Brooklyn. And it was like, oh he God. saw her from his roof and she saw him from her roof. And then they started, like, sending cute letters to each other in their windows. And, like, I know I'm being a real negative Nancy right now, but it was just a, it just, whatever, whatever reason irked the shit out of me. Because, yeah. first of all, it was like, finding love in the time of quarantine. This article was written three weeks ago, when New York had only been under quarantine for two weeks. So I was like, <laughs> okay, so we're in love now. <laughs> two weeks also, who are these rich jerks that they like have a publicist or knew the right person to get this article written? I don't know. The whole thing was just dumb. But like, I like I like this version of it. That it's just you bored outside, looking at <laughs> the one person being like, "You will be mine one day." <laughs> I just need to make a scene for a while, and then I'll get your attention.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I am standing on a balcony, so I am asking for it. They are yeah, the most exactly. <laughs> I was thinking love in the, I was thinking of that pun, Love in the Time of Cholera. I was like, Love in the Time of Quarantine. Something could happen there. Have you read that book?
1: Um, you know what? I think I've lied and said that I've read that book a lot lately, and I don't think I have. <laughs> this first time?
0: <laughs> I think I've read it, but I honestly could not tell you the
1: story. Me too! Me too. I'm like, I must have, right?
0: Yeah. Well, I was like, book. I must
1: have seen this movie. Because I could tell you everything about it and I know all the cultural references, but I don't know if I've actually seen this movie. Yeah, Um, I
0: I watched Indiana Jones with someone the other day under the pretense that I had never seen it. And this was interesting because it's such a big cultural phenomenon. I started watching it and halfway through I realized, oh, I have seen this.
1: Yeah, and it's also not very good. It's not very good for me which one because some of them are real tough some of them are real racist uh
0: raiders yeah well there was a lot of that and there was also um he there's the woman in it is she's quite like spunky and she wants to hide and help and he literally at one point picks her up in the middle of a fight when she's trying to fight and throws her into a hay cart and then the hay cart leaves and then later he goes back to the hay cart and he's like what where is she yeah (laughs)
1: those movies and you know what's funny is that they are they're these like really they're these staples for a certain kind of man of like adventure and like you know like harrison ford being this like this emblem of masculinity and aloofness and cool guyness. and he's such a dickhead like he plays yeah. such a smart ass dickhead in like modestly most of his movies but in those in particular he is just such an asshole i mean and i mean forget it. Like, we don't have to get into how hardly the, like, roles for women were written in those movies and how little agency they have. But yeah, they're, they're, they're they're fun. I get why, you know, they're Spielberg movies. So they're like high production sort of camp and, and like excitement, but they do not hold up very well. They're really yeah. tough to watch.
0: It really just reminds me of how much things have changed because like, if that's if that's what was, ex- it's not even that it happens, it's that it's acceptable. Like this isn't yeah. something anyone would necessarily question. Like this is such a normal thing to like throw yeah. a woman into a cart. And like how that would affect how you go about your day-to-day life is like right. boggling to me.
1: Well, throw a woman into a cart because she's, for like a comic relief moment, and also because she's just getting in the way. Like that there's no there's no way she could have been helpful in that moment, except to literally just like treat her like trash. Yeah. <laughs> Throw her out of the fucking frame because she's just like in the way. It's yeah, wild. They, they also
0: don't. reveal at the beginning when they meet that he, like, in a, he, it's like she was really young and I, I didn't really say exactly but he basically like took advantage of her and so she hates him. But then they right. end up becoming lovers without ever addressing that fact. And without that just... ever
1: the fact that she's like absolutely his abuse victim and is just falling back into the cycle yeah. of that.
0: He never even says sorry
1: no well he he doesn't need to say sorry he's indiana jones his hat and his whip do do the talking
0: yeah anyway that was sorry that's a bit of a tangent about that no was, it's totally fine Wild. Okay. Yeah.
1: anyway i don't think i've read that book but i like i'm i go back and forth between feeling confident about that sometimes i lie about it and i say yes i've read that book, but I, don't think that book.
0: I there's loads of things i repeat all the time and it takes me a while to be like, wait, is that actually true? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: This is a myth that I've created about myself, is that I love this thing or this, like, even things that I, I think of as really important to me, I can't trace their origin. Like, I can't remember where that comes from or if I just one day, if I just, yeah, like, you start, like, you start, like, like buying into your own brand of bullshit at a certain point and you're like, huh. Is that my thing? Do I need, like, do I care about that? It's something that I think happens as you get older too. You just, you start to like demystify yourself um, and become a lot more comfortable with like the parts of you that are just straight up boring or that like aren't sexy and clever and just like what you like. And you know, like for me, especially lately, just like, this is sort of ties into what we're talking about, about being a little more fearless and just doing the kind of work that makes you happy versus like, what you think people expect of you. But who do you have to answer to at the end of all of this? Like what, what what is your life gonna benefit from fitting into some idea of a cool girl or a cool boy or a cool person? Like who gets anything out of that? I don't know, yeah. I don't think anybody really.
0: Yeah, definitely. I've been thinking about, especially like what we're going through right now, I think it's such a reminder that like, Things can change like that any second. Like people yeah. say all the time, like life is too short. But also, life changes all the time, and a lot of it is completely unpredictable and chaotic. So it's like, yeah. what's the point trying to, like, stick within this rigid idea of what things should be or have to be? When like, you know, we could all end up quarantined tomorrow, or we could, yeah, you know, who knows what's gonna happen? So
1: yeah, and like honestly, in the in those times in this circumstance, you're really not benefiting from keeping any kind of facade you know like you're really only suffering if if you're meeting other people's expectations before your own because like if you're alone especially if you're quarantined alone like you have to reach for your own comfort you know you have to find your you have to create your own sanctuary and 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 find your own joy and that is only you have no one else to answer to for that like that can only be dictated yourself um and that's like that if we can take a gift away from this like that's one of them is that you have the opportunity to sit with yourself and like and um become more comfortable with those things and like find a little bit of of peace and self-acceptance in who you really are um i think letting go of judgment is so hard like letting go of our own judgment you know like it's it's in a lot of ways i think it's easier to like empathize with other people uh, and sort of relinquish judgment once I understand another person, but there are things that like are still a struggle to not judge myself for that are deep rooted, long, long, long time ago, gone things. <laughs> People who probably don't remember that thing or who, you know, don't remember who I am or just like experiences that I have shame and guilt about that are like, who knows why, you know, like that in, in a biography wouldn't even be their own chapter, wouldn't even have their own thing but like stay with you because they inform so much about the way you go about the world. It's crazy.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah. But watch whatever dumb show you like and just, just live your truth. Just be okay with that. You know, I've been doing that. I've been watching some garbage lately. (laughs) It's It's been so nice.
0: Yeah. I, I have a lot of thoughts racing through my head right now so I'm trying to organize them. <laughs> That's
1: okay. That's okay. I'm just really into this um 90s boy band hair that I have. So every second you're not asking me questions I'm checking myself out. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Giving me a
0: little bit of Link as well from Zelda.
1: I can yeah, I can see it. It's really cra- it's really crazy right now. Yeah. It is just I feel like I'm turning into a Pixar character a little bit as I'm like talking about all this stuff. Because the shape that my that my <laughs> look at this. <laughs> shape is just something. I don't even know. And like what why is it so big up here? And then it's I've got about like tails. And then my roots are like on their own journey. It's just fucking crazy.
0: I love that. So I think yeah. that ties into where my mind was going because I I was just thinking that. In terms of letting go of this judgment of ourselves and of like living like fully and what it is that we want and like letting go of this idea of what we should be doing what yeah. other aspects of us i think for me a lot of it come down to confidence and that like like i say creative with art stuff the more confident that i feel in what i'm doing and some of that comes with success because i'm able to feed that back into how confident i feel about being able to create good work etc and then I'm finding myself just in the last couple of months experimenting so much more than I ever have before. Yeah. And, um,
1: yeah, I love what you've been doing. It's exciting to watch, you know, like it, yeah. it's, it ties back into what we were saying. We're like, don't you get excited when someone's trying something, whether you like the result or not? I'm always like, look at you doing that new thing. Like, I don't know, I think it's, it's brave to try to do that.
0: Thank you. Yeah, but I, um, so that's how it ties into your hair. Is it's about having the confidence to be able to to go through that and I think you're you have the confidence to rock this Pixar head <laughs> <laughs> Thank
1: you so much.
0: <laughs>
1: Thank you so much. I mean I have no other choice. Sometimes confidence comes from really really just like doing an honest assessment of your situation and your surroundings and being like, you know what, this is me now. <laughs> like what am I gonna fucking do about it, really? Um It's like that a lot with like, with not just like physical stuff, which is like, you know, everybody has their own, their own journey with self-acceptance and self-esteem. And I certainly have my own struggles with it. But like, I find that a lot with when I'm, when you're in like a less than desirable situation, like feeling confident, like getting through it with like some grace isn't about pretending like it's not a problem. It's just about like confidently owning your role in the situation and accepting other people's accepting people where they're at basically um and and like you know understanding that like this is how it is right now and i can make i, I may not be able to make it better but i can always make it worse i think that so much of the time like this is a perfect example quarantine is a perfect example of how it is not a problem i can solve not even close mm-hmm. to a problem i can solve for anyone, Um, but I can make it worse for people. I can make it worse for myself. I could make it harder on everybody. I could, you know, like that's where my power is. Yeah, It's in the choices that I'm not making, you know, like making the right choices is really important, but also considering like how you affect other people is just as important. So like when I'm not dying my roots, I'm thinking about all the people that I'm not. harming with my hair toy, <laughs> I just got really serious about something really silly but yeah same, same that. you know
0: that, it, not, it makes so much sense to me and I think any way yeah. that we can find a sense of agency within what is ultimately a very like chaotic and like yeah. situation or, or life it can be really powerful
1: yeah yeah also my sponsor is a hairdresser and she has repeatedly told me not to dye my own hair in quarantine she has made it (laughs) like i will suffer for it if i do it
0: i want to have like a jerry springer moment where she's gonna come out behind the door (laughs) now your hairdresser is here with us
1: yeah (laughs) yeah because i i like the it's so funny because there are certain things that like i really have i just like treat myself very well in certain regards and other regards i have no standard for what i deserve i like I mean cut my own hair well into sobriety, which which I had no business doing. Like I'm I'm not good at it <laughs> at all. I have no formal training. Just because I'm fun and creative does not mean I know how to fucking cut hair at all. <laughs> um, did you I just that looks great.
0: Did you do this one?
1: No. Okay. No, this is this is a professional haircut grown out. So the only reason why it doesn't look even crazier is because I Treated myself. Like, so this is like a new thing for me. It's like I treated, I decided I was worth 50 bucks and I got a nice haircut. And like, thank God I did because I got a cut like maybe two weeks before this happened. And now instead of growing out at like an okay place. Um, but the, but like, I don't like, I personally, if I, if I only had myself to care for, I would have bleached it already. Um, done more damage to my hair (laughs) gotten in trouble with my sponsor you know it would have been a whole thing and so i'm i'm really working on being patient with myself and like knowing that i am worth the the professional root touch up when this is all over that
0: you it's gonna are. be okay yeah yeah i think about it i think you touched on something before that made me think of this too it's like the concept of mental health of being your own friend and treat mm. yourself the way that you would treat a friend in terms yeah. of how you speak to yourself, and then also things like, like lot knowing that you're worth the things like a nice haircut that you would say to a friend as well.
1: Uh, yeah, I was just talking to my friend earlier who had, I, I had caught up with um, on Facetime. We were talking about food because my partner is in, is in food, and um, we're talking about like that you're like you're worth more (laughs) like food is a good example of how you don't it's not about like spending more money than you have to eat well it's about making choices about how you spend the money that you do have you know to like to show yourself that you are worthy of nourishment and feeling better and sleeping better and all that other stuff um because i again like left to my own devices would eat just hot trash if it was served to me on a plate like i don't care last night (laughs) last night right my partner had this like beautiful pasta, like lasagna. It was like amazing. This thing that he that he brought home and was like, you know, took the loving time to put it in the oven and slowly heat it and make it. And I was like, I'm telling you, if you were not here right now, this would have been microwaved so fucking fast. I would have been sitting <laughs> on the sink eating it, like still cold in the middle. I like, don't. Get- at all but you know when someone else loves you (laughs) and you have to like think about your own worth it's like no I am I am worth a warm meal I am worth like a decent experience with this stuff and like it's not that I need to spend an extra $40 on good groceries is that this is less relevant right now but before quarantine like I don't need to spend $40 on fancy coffee drinks when I could make them at home like that kind of stuff like there's there's always a choice that you could make what's going to make me feel better jittery, nervous diarrhea throughout the day because I've had five coffee drinks, so like a nice salad with good ingredients, really. A salad is probably gonna, you know, that's probably gonna be helpful.
0: Yeah, I like, I like that angle on it because I'm definitely not a foodie in any way, but I think that it's important thinking about it as something that is nourishing you and is about self-care. Yeah. Yeah taking nice instagram photos or whatever
1: yeah so it's funny because of all the attention seeking i do online i like pretty much never post true fans will will know that i never post pictures of food um and there's a reason for that and it's because i am a terrible cook i am a really bad cook and i don't have any there's like i seriously like if i had anything to show off culinarily I would do it, and I just don't like. I don't (laughs) skill in that regard at all.
0: Maybe you could start the anti one and just like have the microwave.
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, I love someone who does care and who does know a lot. So I'm trying to. I'm trying to learn to it's not that I don't care. It's that I just don't have the knowledge. Like I would love to be a person that knew everything about good food and good eating practices and all that. I just, it's, it's not, um, it's not willful ignorance. It's just ignorance because it, you yeah. know, it's not a part of how I, how I came to be. Um, but like being with someone who really cares about it is like, it's, it's a good growing experience. Are we been watching good eats. That's been like a nice sort of downtime before bed show that we've been watching. Um, and it's, it's like, it's really it's a cool angle to watch someone who's very very smart talk about things that are very very simple uh and make things that have seemed intimidating to me my whole life like cooking and you know the the sort of science behind certain meals and how to, like th- things that i've i've avoided learning about because i thought it was out of my depth and so watching someone like explain it in this way that is like oh, okay what you're saying sounds really smart, but I it also I'm understanding it. So maybe that means that I'm smarter than I thought. Maybe this means that it's it's cool. It's a really it's been a really eye-opening experience for me.
0: Yeah, that's so interesting. I felt that with um getting into things like makeup is that I stopped myself from getting into it because I assumed it was so complicated that it would take me a really long time or I wouldn't necessarily yeah. be able to do it. But then once you just start doing the thing or finding someone yeah. to explain it to you in a in a way that you can understand, it's like, oh nothing's like that out of my depth. Like I, yeah. I can do anything if you just like take the time to want to do it. And that's yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. Last that's year awesome. I like started to learn how to code a little bit and I took some of my, and I, I've started to like teach myself after effects and I've been doing, you know, I've, throughout the past year and a half, like I've done some, some like uh, augmented reality on paintings. I've done some animating on painting stuff that like I have no formal training in whatsoever um, and just thought it looked cool figured that i'm not the smartest person in the world but i'm not the simplest either and i can probably even if it takes me three days to learn this thing that would take a, a, an expert 15 minutes it's still it's still attainable you know it's not totally out of my depth so i just started taking like skillshare classes and you know watching youtube tutorials on, on that stuff and i'm still not an expert i probably couldn't teach anybody but it, it's that's where it, like if we bring it back to confidence like confidence is something that you know you you gain slowly by like a step, like the thing that I always hear in in like recovery terms about self-esteem is that self-esteem comes from doing esteemable acts, so like you can't just manifest it out of nowhere if you want to you know feel like you've done something worthy of being proud of. it starts with a little act of esteem, you know it starts with a little little bit of that, and then it builds momentum wise definitely, yeah. I think we're about to get kicked out of this meeting again.
0: We are. I was going to say that I'll, I'm also going to let you get on with your day.
1: Thank you. I'm Yeah.
0: Well, <laughs> thank you so thank much you for today. talking with me. This has been such a, a interesting conversation for me, and so many of the things that you said have resonated so strongly. Um, oh, yay. Yeah. So I'm definitely going no, to...
1: Better, compliment or total shade, because you're like, this has been a really interesting conversation for me. <laughs>
0: Oh <laughs> yeah. I was not like, a friend ban the word "interesting" for that reason. <laughs> we were like, "It doesn't mean anything." Like,
1: no, no, no. I, I'm just being a total shithead. I, no, I appreciate. No, no. It. It's it been interesting for me too, and and wonderful and lovely, and I love talking to you.
0: It's It's resonated so much, and I feel very I feel very connected to you in this moment because I can. the things you're describing. You to myself. Yeah. yeah, I miss
1: I miss I miss you, even though I like barely know you. You know, yeah. like I miss Aww. the opportunity to know you, and yeah. I can't wait till I can come back to L. A. and like spend some time with you. Hugs. oh my sweater is really soft you're welcome it's really nice um so
0: hair. people and people can find your instagram mk commons and
1: uh k dot commons yeah
0: oh, awesome and website and everything like that as well
1: mm-hmm. yeah mkcommons.com.
0: yeah cool i'm excited to see what you're working on i know you couldn't show a lot of it
1: oh yeah i don't even i have a thing i didn't even get a chance to show it i have a if i have time i have a print that's dropping Um, on Monday, uh, I'm gonna be posting about it obnoxiously on my Instagram. Um, You wanna hear something fun? I vacuumed before this.
0: Oh my god, you spoil me.
1: For no reason. (laughs) I was like, company! (laughs) I should vacuum, I'm having, I'm having company. Even though you're only gonna see me from here up, and it doesn't matter. We're gonna,
0: we're gonna feel it though.
1: You're gonna feel it. You know what? I still think it's like wearing fancy socks when you have shoes that like boots on, you know, it's like you exude that, that you put in the extra effort, even if you can't tell.
0: Yeah. Or like when you wear no underwear, like nobody else knows, but I know.
1: Well, I vacuumed and spoiler alert, I'm not wearing any underwear. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Again, I like to prepare for company. I like to make them feel comfortable. <laughs>
0: yeah, so I'm a little bit rushed today because I was gonna um, start your painting. So this is the this is gonna be the base. Oh. Ah,
1: the,
0: it's beautiful. It seconds.
1: already looks so much like me. <laughs> <laughs> it, I feel like that's it.
0: It embodies your spirit. So I was gonna do the setup stuff that I just did last night. Yeah but instead I ended up spending about six hours making memes about Adele. <laughs>
1: oh, then... did you? I know because I followed the entire journey this morning. <laughs> I treated myself to an extra little, I, you know what, you don't know want too. This is how much I like and adore you is I didn't even do that like da, 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 the rapid fire. I actually sat there and I took it all in.
0: You know, um, that means so much to me. That's you're a welcome. friendship nowadays. Yeah, I think so.
1: I, I, because I don't have any when I go when I go like Morse code on my Instagram story I have no expectation that people are, are have the time or patience for my shit so I'm like you know like you can like watch the numbers drop off the longer your story goes <laughs> and, <laughs> so I, I'm like, and I do do that a thousand people and then I'm like okay and it ends at like 220 and those are just like my stalkers my partner and my immediate friends and I'm like that's fair that's fine I think most of those are just like, like, I'm I'm so guilty of that, like, the like, um, I just think it's good decor, like good, like, like, it's tactful, you know, to just give them the full flip through. So at least it looks like I'm fully engaged.
0: (laughs) (laughs) See, that's very self-aware. I feel like for most people, they wouldn't even think about exiting. yeah. Like, no.
1: You don't need to. Like, you don't owe anybody that. I'm not offended. I just, I just think it's nice when someone, you know, follows through on it.
0: Yeah. And I also, guess, like, I assume that most people do do that because way less people drop out than they should. And it's still a lot yeah. of people, like, it's still it's dropping so out wow. a lot. But I'm like, the fact that any of you have gone to the end of this is shocking to me. Yeah.
1: <laughs> like, this was just for me. And I just <laughs> needed... It wasn't even like, I didn't even need an audience. I just, like, I just needed it to get out of my head. I'm sorry. You have to suffer for it. You know, like, I'm not <laughs> expecting anyone to be like Bravo on your content. Like that's <laughs> you no, know, I don't expect that. It's just like, well, thank God that that's out there now. And now I don't have to go through that again. <laughs> yeah. I can't tell you. There've been so many times where I've been like, I, I mentioned something to my partner. I'm like, yeah, you know, like that video thing. I'm like, and he, he's like, um, what video thing? I'm like, oh because instagram tells me that you saw it so what that says to me is that he loves me and is doing the sympathy like doing the same thing where he's like oh did you expect me to have my sound on huge ask first of all and also (laughs) to like have been paying attention like of course of course not you're just gonna tell me about it anyway and probably i'm not gonna you know i can't i can't blame him for that i understand
0: (laughs) You know, mm-hmm. I actually, when it comes to people who I see nearly every day, yeah. I actually block them from my story because I don't, <laughs> I don't like when people just know everything that's going on with you because mm-hmm. I, I do post all of my waking thoughts. It's like a sure. mind dump. Yeah. Um, so I would rather they have to ask me.
1: Oh, I like That's I'm a nice, about. that's a good, that's kind of, yeah, that's good policy. That's good. That's good practice that's practice is what i mean it's also a
0: little bit strange i have to trick the people around me to to want to ask about.
1: i mean it is incredibly manipulative of you (laughs) but but like game respect game i also kind of appreciate that you're like well in order to maintain my friendships there must be some level of you know manipulation involved so (laughs) like it could be so much worse you know it could be like gaslighting your friends but instead you're just forcing them to ask about your life which is nice
0: well it's a slippery slope isn't it we'll see where we end up after another three Adele marathons
1: (laughs) well I I got you know what I have to say if I have any critique of that it's that I got all the way through it and then I saw that you started a Beyonce one and I was like okay here we go (laughs) this is the content for me i'm really glad i stuck around because you know it's sort of that like if you stay in a movie theater to the end of the credits there's like in a marvel movie there's you know there's like a sneak peek as to what like sequel they're gonna what's gonna happen next so i was like oh Beyonce's next like and then i felt proud of myself for being a good friend and staying on through that journey so i could (laughs) see the beyonce content and there was only like three or four of them and i was like oh okay But I think there might be more legal. Like I don't know if Beyonce's music is is Instagram available in the same way that Adele's is. I don't know. Uh,
0: yeah, and the sequels are always disappointing, you know.
1: That's true. That's true. We, just, you know, yeah, we don't want to sully, we don't want to disappoint the fans by <laughs> shooting for the stars with Beyonce and then, you know, like not not making it all the way.
0: Exactly. So you might as well just not even try. Like Disney, just straight straight to VHS. Don't even bother putting it in cinemas. Yeah. So let's uh, yeah. let's we talk about your art. Project. I'm, I'm huh? loving this conversation. With oh it.
1: yeah, right. Duh. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, Brenda talked here. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Ask me some questions.
0: Yeah, I'm going to do a quick intro for you, which I'll probably edit into the beginning. Um,
1: okay,
0: cool. So this painting is going to be a continuity nightmare. So <laughs>
1: Yay. Yay. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> <Whatever>. <laughs> yeah. MK, continuity nightmare. <laughs> that's me i'm just i'm just thinking about all do you listen to whimsically volatile i'm sure you do yeah
0: yeah. okay so Um, i'm
1: thinking about all the intros the like ridiculous katya intros for people like a vince mcmahon wrestlemania sort of level intro you know where it's like like you know in this corner the 110 pound blah, 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 blah 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 but it's like katya's sort of like mania like rambling on about Okay. The person. It's pretty great. I mean, I can't, I can't, again, I'm not that quick-witted. I can't, I can't do it.
0: <laughs> okay, I'm gonna try it.
1: <laughs> okay, I'm ready for it. I'm here for it. <laughs>